Yeah, I'm ready, man. Awesome. Um, so it's a special episode today. First episode of Jack Dewey's music show uh, with Sam from Palmis Band. First of all, mate, how are you doing? Uh, yeah, not too bad, man, all things considered. Yeah, making the most of lockdown, I think, right now. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll dive into that first. Sort of how has the coronavirus affected uh, you as a band and, and sort of music itself? Uh, it's, I think it's been a strange one for uh, most bands, to be honest. We never really knew how long this was going to go on for when um, we first went into this. And obviously it was a big... Um, even seeing the way that things went, it was a big shock to see all the venues close and to see the, the way that we operate change so drastically, so quickly. Um, we've spent a lot of time um, really going back to basics, to be honest, um, writing a lot of music, writing a lot of demos um, to prepare for when we do eventually get out of this. We've always sort of planned to be doing things um, like a long time ago thinking that it was like we were just around the corner from venues reopening or we'd like and we'd have like tours or gigs booked for like six months time thinking like that's fine we'll be ready to do things then and we'd get to that point we're still here um so it's definitely been uh it's been a strange one i think for us um we're very much looking forward to getting back to playing gigs uh, and getting back to like feeling like um we did before this lockdown happened um but it's definitely been um i won't use the words demoralizing because we we're still very much ready and raring to go when the venues reopen but it has been um it's definitely been a little bit draining whenever we keep getting to that next milestone of oh we should have been going and doing this gig we should have been going and doing this tour we should have been um going here and the things getting pushed back and back and back um but we are like like I said, we're doing a lot of writing. We're trying to do a lot more, um, trying to create a lot more content to release during this lockdown so that people can still kind of enjoy um, us as a band, even though we've now accepted that like it could still be a while before we play shows. We've got to like, uh, make a, the most of what's available to us now. So we're trying to venture into a lot more, um, a lot more activities that we can do from home as a band. Yeah, you obviously said it was difficult when you saw something on the horizon and you thought, oh, six months' time. Is that sort of a mental battle as well? You, you look forward to something and then it sort of just comes crashing down again. Oh, oh definitely. Yeah, I think I don't think um, that's particularly like a um, something unique to musicians, though. I think everyone right now has had to accept a lot of the things they had planned to do last year and um, possibly this year as well, we've not been able to do. Um Obviously, I think our industry is going to be one of the very final ones to reopen. So in that sense, I think um, we still have a bit, little bit of a wait to go. I can't see them reopening the venues until they um, make face masks um, unmandatory again. So until that, and that's going to be one of the very last things to go. So I imagine the venues will be the very last thing to be reopened, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I mean... It's taken us. To, it's taken me a while, I reckon, to really accept that um, it's going to be a while um, until we can play gigs again. Because I did assume we had some. Uh, we did have a tour in Europe, which is going to be our first time leaving the country to play gigs, um, to go abroad and do a little tour in Germany. Um, but obviously, like we're now at this point, and we've had to postpone that to much later on in the year. And we had this thing booked, like. 
um, right at the start of when the first lockdown was announced and we always kind of assumed, oh, that's it, this will be done by then. So I think that um, we're a gr uh, very grateful that it's not just been cancelled, that it has been postponed and it is still happening and we've still got something to look forward to. But I think all of us, the closer we got to that tour, it was always kind of looming over us. It's like, is this going to happen? Is it not? And unfortunately, the way things went, it hasn't. Um, and I imagine there's so many people in the same position as well where they're seeing these, um, like, incredible opportunities that they've had like booked and uh, something to look forward to have unfortunately have fallen through um some probably not so lucky to have them postponed so there's probably been plenty of things that have just been cancelled and they've nothing they can do about it, unfortunately um but we are we're keeping optimistic that when this uh when this is finally over there will be a lot more opportunities for a lot more musicians yeah and uh, along with the negatives do you see it as a positive as well that the fact I know a lot of artists are saying that some of their songs uh, wouldn't wouldn't have been made if it wasn't for lockdown. Is that the case with your band? I think we've had a lot more time to write. Um, from a creative point of view, it's definitely um, given us time to expand more on things that we wouldn't normally have had the opportunity to delve into. Um, in terms of like topics, I found that creatively it's been quite difficult for me to write about things right now um, from a sort of uh, a lyrical point of view, as there's only so much that I think people are experiencing right now. Um, I think, yeah, definitely there's people that can talk quite a lot and can write quite a lot about what has gone on this lockdown. I think we'll see a lot of songs that are based around those things. Um, and yeah, like I've been able to write a few things, but now we're like more than a year into this. Um, it's definitely been a challenge to really think about things to write about in that sense. But from the actual music point of view, we've had a t like a chance to really delve into uh, like sound creation, um, play around with synths. Our guitarist Alex has um, been spending a lot of time exploring um, music production, which I don't think would have been something he would have done because we've always had someone to go to. Um, to record and to write demos but now that we're in this situation he's been able to actually sit down in front of a DAW and learn how to produce music essentially which has opened his um kind of creative library up quite a lot to um to songwrite and we're now really moving forward into what Palmas wants to be um as a result of that so I definitely think from that sense but I I don't know whether people are having the same uh kind of conundrum with me in terms of lyrical writing um, I think some people are definitely going to make the most of this and they do have a lot to write about right now. Um, but that's definitely something that I'm struggling with, I'd say, with this lockdown. Um, but we do have, that being said, we have written quite a lot of things. <laughs> so um, we'll wait and see kind of what the response to those sorts of things are. Yeah, um, we'll just talk about your band itself now. Um, for people who don't know sort of where you originated from, uh, where is that? Um, so uh, we're all, it was a bit of a strange one to be honest, when we first started we were dotted all around the place, um, so essentially Palmist um, came about after a band that um, we were all in before, we'd kind of um, we delved away from that sort of songwriting, um, we were very much, we'd started out this band called Greyhaven which was like a metalcore band with like this kind of edgy pop thing and we exhausted that as much as we could to a point where we didn't particularly enjoy the music we were creating we wanted to um branch off somewhere else and write um 
kind of like alt rock music with a heavier pop influence than what the metalcore was. The metalcore influence is still in what we do with Palmist, um, but it's like a flavour of it. It's not the main theme. So um, when we were in that band, we had um, I I'm, I'm, I'm from Essex. Um, we had a couple of dudes from Reading, uh, London. Um, we have uh, our drummer is currently from Wales, <laughs> so like we're quite a we don't really have like a hometown. I say London is where we say we're from because that kind of like it all points in towards London. Um, so it's always it's a bit of a difficult question to answer when people say like, oh, where are you guys from? Because we're like we're a bit from everywhere to be honest. <laughs> Um, and and it, did it come about as sort of have you always been close friends? Did you study at, at university together, or um, what? Where did where did you all meet? Uh, so me and Alex, um, we met quite a long time ago. So uh, there was an advert online for this pop punk band when I was about fifteen, sixteen, um, and I went for this audition. Um, I remember. <laughs> It was like it was on an ad, ad thing, and I went into this like cabin. Um, I met one of the guys at the top of this like little private dirt road. And they were like, "Oh, like nice to meet you. We're going to go down here." And we walked down this big old dirt road and came across this lonesome house with this big like wood cabin in the garden. I kind of went in there and I met these um, these four guys. One of them being Alex at the time, and they <laughs> there was like this little um, like secluded part of this. Uh, cabin where like the window stuck out they kind of shoved me in and I had so little space but I just had a microphone in front of me and then just like PA systems and a table and just like, everything was like surrounded with me and I was facing these guys that um had been doing this band for a little while and they uh, I think I think we played like we did like a cover of all the small things and they all went absolutely ballistic at the time and this was my first experience of like of a band I'd never really delved into it before I remember they hit play and I was like rooted to this mic stand awkwardly kind of grabbing on for dear life whilst these guys were jumping around this room like lunatics yeah. um so I had this audition with them uh got the part stayed with them for quite a while until Alex delved off to go to university um where he left the band and kind of started to talk about this metalcore thing that he wanted to create and just over time I slowly grew out of like love for the pop punk stuff and wanted to delve into something different so I followed him with that and I've kind of, uh, me and Alex have very much kind of like um, stuck it out together and shared very similar music, like it's a very similar musical vision. Um, and over the years we found people mostly from kind of the scene that we were in um, and a lot of stuff online, getting to know people through uh, like um, sites like Join My Band or just through Facebook, just people we know from that kind of music scene. Um, the guys, uh, the, the kind of the current lineup that we are in Palmist, again, it was a mixture of people that we found online and um, kind of people we knew to already be out in the scene looking for bands that we like uh, enjoyed hanging out with. Um, so, yeah, I mean, me and Alex go uh, way back, but even now with the guys that um, we have in the band, it feels like we've been friends for, we're like, we're all very, like a very close bunch of people. Um, and it feels like we've been friends for a long old time, regardless if we kind of all met. Um, I mean, the first time I met Alex, Alex, uh, well, the first time I met Adam and Jack was in a rehearsal room when they came to like audition to be in our band. Um, so we've been very fortunate to kind of find people that way that we've really gelled with. Yeah, that, that and that must just make it a lot easier and more enjoyable for yourself, having people you just click with and you, you, yeah. you have a stage presence and you just you can just enjoy that. Definitely. Um, 
the guys that we've got, I mean, um, we're kind of at that stage where I think there was a point in bands before where we kind of had, we had like band members and um, kind of like social groups within those bands. There was never really um, a feeling of like a, a group of mates doing this. It was kind of like you'd have some mates and then a couple of people that were almost like um, like session musicians. I mean, they were in the band, but we'd never really clicked that way rather than we got to a point. I remember the day when Jack and uh, Adam auditioned and it was a very quick kind of like, yeah, this is this is the lineup. This is what we're like trying to do. Um, so it's very nice to have like a group of mates <laughs> to do this with rather than feeling like a business venture, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Um, you mentioned, obviously, you started at a, a younger age. I think you said 15, 16. Yeah. When did you sort of realise that you, you had the talent to, to sing and go into music? <laughs> um, so it was something that I'd feel like um, from a very young age. Um, when I first started getting into music, I got like into like R&B and pop around when I was like seven or eight. And I think my parents were the ones that really kind of pushed me to think like, oh, um you can see you should like pursue this um i was quite like a shy um bit of an outcast young like kid when i was like going through primary school and that so i think that um encouragement from people i had a music teacher as well in primary school that used to push it quite hard and i think at that age when i didn't have um i didn't have too many friends i didn't have like many things that i felt like i was particularly like had a call in for um when people started to push like oh yeah you can sing you should like do this that was something that made me want to like uh put time into it essentially that was my that was the thing that i felt like i had over some other people um i remember maybe like 12 or 13 when i started like secondary school a group of mates that like they were the first people that i knew to start a band and it was this little uh <laughs> this little like metally fusion thing called insult or injury and these these group of mates that kind of um they booked a rehearsal studio and i i can't remember why i went um i, I don't know why i was there but i was i tagged along to basically just, i think i just went to one of their rehearsals they were just looking for people to kind of watch what they were doing and saying like is this cool um so i went to that um and saw those guys rehearse um along with uh there was like a local music venue that was putting on gigs for like that was what they were essentially like rehearsing for and I went to that as well and I think seeing that and seeing my mates do it made me like really fall in love with the idea of playing music live in a band um that whole scene has started to move me more onto like rock music and metal music um which is why when I saw these gigs and I started getting into like heavier stuff and more like um technical guitar-y stuff and all this um really kind of solidified it like yeah this is something i definitely want to try and because i had that kind of like oh people used to say i can sing let's let's try singing um so yeah it kind of just diverged from there i played a little bit of guitar i started a band in school called sweet irony we had one song and it was like it was a filthy banger i'm not even gonna lie um but it was like i think going through school i remember like i was still a bit of a nobody and i released this track with a couple of mates in school when i was like 12 or 13 and suddenly people were like oh this 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 is actually all right yeah. uh, and i stand by it like <laughs> it's uh, it's a rough demo of a song but i 
for a very first go, I'm pretty proud of it. <laughs> um, so growing up, was there any musical influences for you? Uh, big time Linkin Park. Um, I think Linkin Park, again, were one of those bands where I listened to them for the first time and that's what moved me over from like pops essentially I, I just listened to music that my sister listened to because I had an older sister and I very much kind of followed in her yeah. footsteps of a lot of things um like if she did something I'd want to like do it as well if she tried something I'd do it and she, she was listening to things I'd just listen to that um I was playing uh, <laughs> I was playing a game on my uh, laptop um at the time a game called uh it was like one of those like strategy games like Age of Empires where people built their own like games in them and yeah. someone put a like a sped up version of In the End by Linkin Park over this game I was playing. I don't remember like I just remember listening to that and even then thinking like this song it's like what is this song I need to find it and I went into school and I kind of remembered a few lines and I was speaking to a mate and he's like oh yeah no this is Linkin Park and he showed me and I listened to all of like um Hybrid Theory and I listened to all of uh, Meteora um and like all the Minutes to Midnight stuff and just chatting to people about this kind of music and suddenly I just flipped and I had my own like musical persona essentially I had like a musical personality apart from just following whatever anyone else listens to I just fell in love with it and from there like just sparks like listening to all sorts of bands of that genre yeah for sure for sure and and we'll sort of just move on now to sort of the gigs you've you've done in the past and and things for you what is the best gig you've done so far oh wow uh (laughs) so um it's always a hard one to pick, to be honest with you. There's definitely been like tours as a whole where have just been like the first tour that we did um, uh, with a band called Forgotten Shores. Um, they've now rebranded as Dissonance. It's definitely worth checking them out if you're into your kind of like uh, your heavier music. Great vocalists have got some great, um, definitely some great ideas that they're coming out with. Um, that tour for me was definitely one of the highlights of the things we did we got on with the guys so well um we had so many memories on that tour that that always kind of sticks with me um i remember playing dylan fest as well that was quite um that wasn't as palmist uh, again these like both these uh things i'm talking about weren't actually palmist it was a great haven mm-hmm. but that was very um it's just one of those memorable things for me um, again, the As Lions tour that we did, that was kind of like the first tour we got to experience um, kind of playing with a band that had like a, a proper following and like proper backing behind them. So we really kind of I remember when we got that tour, we really put time into make, creating a set that felt like a really professional, polished thing. And we had um, all these like interludes and these backing tracks running and we kind of it felt like we really planned a, a show rather than just like playing a group as like a selection of songs to people um as palmist we kind of hit the ground running with it i feel when we did the rebrand so like so many of the gigs we've played have just been um they've been very like consistently enjoyable <laughs> i suppose is the word um like I remember when we first started, you'd have those shows you'd play to like one guy at a bar 
or you sometimes you'd just like luck out and you'd play some really cool thing. Um, but we've been lucky enough now with the kind of backing that we've had to just play like consistently enjoyable things that none of them particularly stand out to me as like the show. Um, we've been very lucky in that uh, respect that I've kind of like um, got to a point where now any gig um, has just been like great fun. <laughs> um, that being said, uh, I always enjoyed playing the Scream Lounge in Croydon. Um, a guy called Ben Brazier puts those gigs on uh, and he's done a phenomenal job with creating a, like a local music scene. Um, it's a very kind of, um, it's not a particularly big, it's one of those venues which is like kind of like narrow and long. Um, but he's managed to create such a good atmosphere. I've never seen a gig there. I've never played a gig there that hasn't just been like, hasn't created like crazy memories or like hasn't been a bad show. So um, probably there, um, to be honest with you. <laughs> if I had to, uh, if I had to pick one, then yeah, yeah probably what um, Ben's done with the Scream Lounge. Awesome. Um, it, for you, is there any dream venues that, or a dream venue that you would just love to play at or sell out? Oh, wow. Um, I mean, you always dream of like, um, of like playing venues like Wembley or the O2 or something like that. Yeah. Um, I think for me, I'd love to play the Roundhouse one day. I wouldn't even be bothered too much about like if it sold out. I just love to play that. That was my first, like, that was the first venue that I went to see a band. I went to see the Kerrang Tour um, when I was like 12 or 13. Um, at the roundhouse and we saw it was meant to be some 41 uh the blackout while she sleeps who had really only just started to make a name they were like first on and no one really people knew who they were but they were not the band they were today um and uh what it says while she sleeps let live the, uh newfound glory and some 41 but some 41 had to back out for whatever reason and the blackout played um uh, that was like that was the first gig I did and I just remember it like being so it was just like mind-blowing for me at the time the only gigs that I'd experienced were gigs down my like local venue yeah. which were like even that was like crazy fun to go to but experiencing it on such a big scale in such a, like a professional way was just like game-changing for me in terms of what I wanted to do um so I'd love to play that venue uh, yeah. definitely just for like nostalgia <laughs> just for like to say that I've done it for you what is it about sort of gigs tours or just even not if even not performing or just going to going to see you whether you want to go and see what is it about it for for you that makes it so enjoyable uh the people i go with is definitely a big part of it um you always tend to bump into people you know at these sorts of things anyway it's a very kind of like tight-knit community in terms of like the people who go to gigs especially within your if you like one band it's a chance that all the other bands that are like similar to them you like them as well and the same sort of people go to that so um there's that side of it um i think it's it, i don't know what it is about um performing in general i mean everything somewhat interests me whether i'm sitting at the back of a venue and just watching a band and enjoying the lighting and the production and the sound of them or whether it's like getting involved in some crazy heavy bands and jumping into pits and all that sort of thing um 
that it's just like it's such a step above like what I found like a night out is with like going to a nightclub or going to a bar um when you go to like a really good gig and everyone's just kind of like doing their own thing and just like enjoying the music and just everyone's just having like a good time and like there is no equivalent to it when you really find a band or you go to a gig that you you really enjoy where you can just kind of completely let go you don't have to worry about um and really have to like you can forget about everything for a while and just yeah. enjoy what's happening <laughs> um and there's so many ways to enjoy gigs like you don't have to you can be that person who's right at the front screaming the words back you can be that person at the back just enjoying you can sit at the bar you can go in and dance around like a lunatic like there is there is no there's nothing that's expected of you you just you go there you enjoy what you've gone there to enjoy and then you go home and do it all again when yeah. the next gig comes around for sure um, obviously, as, as yourself being an artist, and w- when you see these people live, do you ever pick up on sort of specific vocals or anything they're doing right? I know it's a weird question to ask, but I, I, I'm weird in a sense where I listen to a band called Normandy and the recent song. Yeah, great band. Uh, when at the end, when Philip changes his tone, when he's, I'm not going to try it, but when he does that <laughs> in quite a higher pitch. And I must rewind that and just listen to that about 20, 30 times, even before the full song. Mm. Do you ever just do stuff like that? Um, I definitely, I'm one of those like musicians who I don't have like a vast, like a very wide um, set of bands or songs that I like. I like very specific, very specific things grab me. Yeah. Um, and then I'll like I listen to that a lot and I'll listen to I'll end up learning like the layers of songs and really understanding like what's got into them and yeah I've done the thing where I've listened to I listen to vocalists and I really pick out what they're doing with their voice Mm -hmm. and how they're like um how they're like pronouncing words and how they're using their voice to like um create their onsets and their offsets and their tones and all of that um definitely on a like on in like a record scenario live um (laughs) i I suppose i do the same thing live i do like to like if it's a band i've never heard before i tend to be quite analytical of it and sit back and like really listen and watch and take in all of it and whether or not it decides it's like yeah this is like something i can get into but once i'm into a band i find that live is very much if it's a band that you've gone to see and you're excited to see you're so just involved in the gig that you just tend to forget the little details. You're just enjoying yourself. Um, and I think that's when you can take, like as a performer, when you can take a fan or a potential fan and take them away from just like analyzing what you're doing to just loving and just like, just loving it and just enjoying it. And they, they, they're not so critical of every little thing that you're doing. When you can take someone out of that like zone and just get them into like being a fan is like one of the hardest things to do. Um, I know because I know because I'm like it, and I've seen plenty of bands where like they're good bands, but there'll be this tiny little thing where I'm just like I I'm not a fan of that, so I don't like this band. It's, they're not for me. Um, and sometimes like you'll just find someone where it's like it almost doesn't matter what they release anymore. <laughs> it's just like you're so involved into what that band's doing that you just love it. Um, but yeah, for sure, there's been so many things where I've listened to a band and thought that's so cool what they've done there, and I'm gonna try and like learn how to do that so I can replicate that in some way. Yeah, um, 
who is these are two separate questions who is the best live band you've seen that just the atmosphere or whatnot and then the biggest in terms of a big name band that you've ever been to see right um uh the biggest name band lincoln park boundo festival when they played hybrid theory in full um it's definitely the big one for me um like i pushed my way right to the front i was right on the uh <laughs> probably like left about 40 minutes early to just absolutely have my way into there and i just like screamed all of the songs back at them and just it was just like a crazy gig for me and it's such a like a highlight of um a highlight of my life to go and get to see that show um the best live band that i've seen um i think the 1975 have incredible production um and like what they're doing with their live shows is really cool um uh oh it's a difficult one um the 1975 is probably definitely up there don broco for sure i think actually no it probably is don broco are the best live band i've seen i think they're so clever with what they do um in terms of their songwriting their production and their performing um they're such an entertaining band to watch and just to watch them move around and all the like silly and crazy things that they um they kind of bash out is yeah it, it's yeah. if you haven't seen don broco i'd, I'd strongly recommend <laughs> going to a broco show and seeing what they're doing um and like trying some of the stuff out that they're doing um in some respect but yeah like definitely definitely broco yeah is there any band uh, or a single artist that you'd just love to see that, that you haven't yet if you can name a couple um a couple i probably recently i'd like to go and see the weekend um I, I think that like he's doing so much weird stuff now but like still creating such cool music that it'd just be like a cool thing to go and see um uh i've been lucky enough now that like a lot of the bands that, again because i have quite, <laughs> quite like quite a small group of bands but i really really enjoy it i've been lucky enough to see most of those i still haven't seen heart of the coward i'd love to go and see heart of the coward um but apart from that, I've been lucky enough to see most of the bands that I've wanted to go and see. Um, so yeah, like someone like The Weeknd, Heart of a Coward, um, maybe something like Animals as Leaders. Just go and watch like a really like really technical, clever like band. Um, but yeah, someone like that, I reckon. Yeah, great choices. Though. Um, and then f before you're performing a gig, is there anything sort of you do that sort of settles your nerves or, you know, people might put a left sock on before a football match? <laughs> is, is, there yeah. anything, is there anything that you do to sort of, yeah? Um, so I like to do a lot of like centering techniques. If I can, I will shut myself away somewhere completely private. I'll do my warm up. Um, a lot of things that I got into whilst I was at university was like meditating and learning how to like carb your mind because adrenaline for me um where i've been quite an energetic performer if i go out on stage with a high amount of adrenaline behind me i knacker myself out so quickly that it destroys my breathing which then causes tension up my body into my throat and then suddenly like my voice is blown um by like three four songs in because i'm just like i've gone so mental in the first like couple of minutes that i've just completely blown out my body um 
so I think being able to like calm yourself and just calm those that like adrenaline before you go out to a like go out and play a gig is like super important. Um, so yeah, if yeah if I can, depending on the venue, obviously sometimes you don't have that luxury. I'll lock myself in like a toilet for a bit and just sit there and like calm down if that's the only place I can get to. Um, but yeah, like if you haven't done that already and you suffer with like um, any kind of performance anxiety or um, that like that building that like a huge amount of adrenaline before you go on that kind of makes you almost like agitated give it a go um it's it's a strange thing to start doing when you like download these meditation apps and you start to like look into what it is but it does help once you get to like once you get control over your like your mind and how to like calm yourself in situations like that it does help definitely yeah, for sure. Um, and before we just come to the end, we'll we'll just sort of talk on your your newest your newest single. Um, what what was the meaning behind that song, and sort of <laughs> why 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 was it made? So the song is about uh, the kind of the EP that we wrote that it was a part of was kind of meant to be like a cycle of um of like a relationship, like a modern one. So it'd be about like breaking it was like a circle thing it was like breaking up with someone feeling like you're ready to like go out and meet someone finding them it all goes terrible you break up you find someone you go around this thing nvrb was a song that was like essentially it was written about like a tinder date i had <laughs> um it was meant to be this kind of like fun kind of thing about someone i met um by a tinder who was like it was that point where i was like yeah let's go out and let's party and let's like and meet people and have fun and you kind of like you get so um drawn into that thing of being excited and single again sometimes you find people and it's like that's this is not a good idea um <laughs> but you just kind of go with it um so like mvrb was about someone that i met via tinder and like it was all very exciting at first but then when i sort of realized like probably not for me um things got a bit crazy <laughs> so um Essentially, the, the song's about um, someone I, someone that was met who uh, kind of started off fine and it was kind of that realisation of thinking, oh, this isn't right. And then when them being told, like, sorry, like, um, this isn't for me, them going a bit loopy. I think I'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think we finish on a, a, just a, a good question, in my opinion. So what is your dream sort of collaboration if you were to collab with a band um who would that be it, it doesn't matter if it's a massive name just just someone who you'd just love to collab with um i'd still it'd still probably be lincoln park for me um obviously it was always like one of those like little dreams of mine when i was a kid i started getting into bands that one day i'd get to like go and meet chester bennington and like sing with him and obviously when that news broke of him unfortunately like committing suicide that was like um it was a super sad day for me but yeah. even now still i'd love to be able to meet those guys and do some stuff with those um the 1975 definitely right now um i'd still like to do a collab if we can make it happen with as everything unfolds to just try and um merge those two things together as we've got to know those guys so well i think it should be good fun to do that more than anything else um or there's a band called the midnight um 
I don't know if you've heard of those. They're like a synth wavy band, and they're doing some really cool things. And it'd be really cool to meet those guys and get to do a collab with them. Probably won't ever happen, but yeah, that would be wicked. For sure. No, mate. But thank you ever so much for your time. Um, I'll, I'll link the latest single in the description as well of your socials and stuff. But Cheers. Yeah, no, thank you, and I'm I'm sure we'll catch up at a gig sometime. Um, yeah, I'm sure we will. We'll just have it. We'll just have a bot, mate. But thank you. Ever yeah. So much. <laughs> no worries at all. Enjoying it. Yeah. Take care, mate. Thank you. You too. No worries.